Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Ridiculous History is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome back to the show, Ridiculous Historians. Thank you, as always, so much for tuning in. We're not going to waste too much time on housekeeping. Oh, uh, shout out to super producer Max Williams. And shout out to you, Noel. I'm I'm Ben. We're hanging with another Ben today. This is is part two where we, we, uh, we got to hang out with the creator of Badass of the Week. That's right, Mr. Ben Thompson, a fellow Ben and fellow historical spelunker. Yeah, I like look it. it up. That's the word. It's not dirty like it sounds. I promise. It's uh, like cave diving, I think. Um, so we're going to do that. We're going to all join our uh, history harnesses together and go <laughs> diving into the world of Tai Jin, the kung fu werewolf of Shaolin. Okay, let's pick up where we left off. At some point, um, the the child is gets becomes into the possession of a Shaolin monk. Whether this monk is wandering the forest and finds the child, or whether uh, some villager or woodsman comes upon the child and brings him to the monastery, at some point, this child becomes um, is placed in the care of the Shaolin Temple for uh, Fukin Province, and I like to call it the Fukin Shaolin Temple, even though the correct <laughs> uh, opinion uh, currently is is Fujin. <laughs> yeah, but you. Came to the right place. No Absolutely. pun left behind. Perfect. Never. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't go through this without getting that joke out. <laughs> we, you know, we, we, we I think you know a lot of uh, Western um, concept of uh, the Shaolin monks comes from the Wu Tang Clan mm-hmm. uh, and the movies that the Wu Tang members of the Wu Tang Clan were obsessed with. That the Shaolin monks, you know, practice insane, you know, precise precision kung fu, you know, in this rural kind of like des- you know uh, separated kind of isolated area is. is all of that accurate or or is are we kind of we kind of like you know they're not exactly shooting fireballs at each other but they were seriously uh disciplined you know practitioners of of these martial arts right yeah i mean 
Tai Jin ain't nothing to fuck with, right? Like he, <laughs> he, he uh, yeah. yeah. The the Shaolin temples were were you know there was there was the main Shaolin temple is called the Northern Shaolin Temple. That's up in Henan Province. That's up north. Uh, and this is uh, Fujian Province. So we're talking kind of just across the Strait of Taiwan. So we're in the south. Um, okay, and there. Is this is one of these things, right? We're talking 1870, and we don't have good data on this, right? For whatever reasons, there's not a lot of great, like the the imperial Chinese government was very good at marking how many bales of hay were transported on this day and right. on this day, but they don't have like a great accounting of where all of the kung fu temples were, which is kind of frustrating when you're going through this as a historian trying to make any sense of these legends, right? Um, a lot of them are bureaucratic records, right? Or yeah, astronomical yeah, they observations. Had very intense details on that stuff, but you know, even trying to research old battles, it's like there were a hundred thousand men on this side and a hundred thousand men on this side, and a hundred thousand men died and this side won. And it's like, all right, hang the on. Following, <laughs> yeah, the following five pages are about the amounts of hay and wheat that they were delivered uh, yeah. over the course of the following weeks. Right. right. And you're reading that and you're Go like, 100,000 yeah. people didn't live in Europe at the time that this 100,000 people were killed. Like, can I get a little more detail? <laughs> let's, let's focus on the important thing here, which is, of course, the hay. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but, okay, so it's it's weird because there is this anomalous approach to historical records, right? Maybe different things are prioritized or uh, documented in a in a different way. Um, that's that's yeah. one thing, Noel, you said that's really interesting, too, about how it's easy to think this was ancient history. But again, history is so much closer than it appears in the rearview mirror. I'm, I'm saying all this to say, like, Ben— there's pretty much no chance that they would have known about Petrus, right? No, the no villagers way. No chance the, okay. that that would have got that story would have gotten here. These two people are occupied. They're uh, these two people are operating in silos. So even though it's okay. several hundred years later, there's no chance that there was uh, communication on that way. But there are reports of there being at least one Shaolin temple in the south. So Shaolin is kind of the the martial arts one. There are a lot of Buddhist temples, uh, a lot of right. Buddhist practitioners all over the country, but the Shaolin is a particular branch that does the Wu-Tang Clan martial arts, the Shaw Brothers 1970s, like punch you <laughs> a hole in your chest kind of stuff. Um, yeah. And uh, uh, the the temple is 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 going to be burned to the ground and there's no evidence of where it was and nobody and a lot of places down there are trying to claim lineage and descent from the southern shaolin temple but we don't know where it was or if it existed for sure but a lot of people talk about it and, and mention it and so i think it's I, I feel comfortable saying there probably was a shaolin temple in the south although i don't know okay you know what i mean it's always hard to kind of but anyway but they're likely likely yes was it's likely that okay. there was one so he is training at this, he's brought to this Shaolin temple where there are martial arts monks. And um, the temple, I I believe it was probably pretty close to like Guangzhou, like, you know, we're talking straight to Taiwan, but there's this little coastal village nearby where um, people live and the monks live a little bit away from them uh, in their own kind of private area where they they do prayers and they train martial arts as a way of kind of like, you know, very Buddhist, you know, training your mind and your body to be disciplined. Um, mm -hmm. This is where you mm -hmm. see all of that flying sidekicks and fighting with a staff and all of this cool sure. stuff that we love and uh, has inspired every good action movie ever. <laughs> 
Right. And a shout out to uh, a shout out to empty hand Kung Fu. Right. That's yeah. that's a different varieties of what they're practicing, which we have to understand would have been much more than just a cool flex back then, given that there were oftentimes strict laws about what sorts of weapons could be owned or about someone's place in society. Because uh, of these specificities, uh, you would have to be able to defend yourself without the advantage of some sort of implement like a, uh, uh, I, I, oh, like a cavalry broadsword. There you go. Yeah. 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 Exactly. We, we had, we didn't know what those were for a while. Yeah, we just did an episode on Abraham Lincoln and his uh, m- not really popularized uh, duel that involves swords where he basically just used his reach to intimidate the other oh, guy into giving up. Really weird flex. You know, it's funny. I just realized something. The We're going to get to the further badassery in the story, but it just occurred to me, this story is basically the plot of Beverly Hills Ninja uh, starring Chris Farley, only instead of a hirsute child, it's just a fat kid. Yeah, it's um, Kung Fu Panda. It's all it's all of these movies, right? It's just his parents. <laughs> the only difference is his parents abandoned him rather than uh, uh, were killed dramatically by somebody that he has to slay at the end of this story. You know, that's the yeah, only thing we're think- missing. Very Joseph I think in Campbell. Beverly Hills Ninja, he is abandoned or he's in a basket, Moses style or something oh, like that. Yeah. I, I, I literally watched I this very recently. It does not hold up, uh, by the way. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of those that. didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame. Maybe we keep our memories with us. I just think, unfortunately, and I'm, I mean, yeah. not to psychoanalyze Chris Farley, you know, yeah. posthumously, but uh-huh. I'm sure he did get to a point where he was a little tired of doing the, hey, look at that fat guy falling down joke, you know? As, yeah. a, as a fellow fat guy, right. I can speak to that. And that would be a real bummer for that to be the core of your whole To be shtick. typecast, yeah. to be fat cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is like, this is something you know, that Taijin already is dealing with, according to the story, because he's been typecast as a demon. Right. And he doesn't, Minute one. you know, that's, yeah, that's. So, so do the monks the think maybe he has some cool powers that he can harness, make him like our demon? Is there anything of, uh, of, along those no, lines? They're kind of like, you know, the Buddhist monks are pretty chill, right? So they kind yeah, of yeah. all God's yeah. creatures attitude that's towards great. everything, right? I like and that. So, yeah. so they raise him. And what the first thing they try to do is get him adopted out into... Uh, into the, the town that, you know, oh, we found okay. this child. Somebody's brought us this child. Uh, uh-huh. Different accounts say a monk found him versus he was brought into the monastery. But they want to find a good home for this kid. So, okay, you know, but nobody wants him, right? Because he's different and that's not cool. And um, so so they can't adopt him out. And so he ends up getting raised by the monks in the temple, which is not common. They don't raise children there. You bring your kid to them when you're ready for him to enter holy orders and become a monk forever. Right, right, right. They don't usually get access to like them at age three to start training them. Um, And the story goes that there are 10 masters at this uh, at this school. And generally, when you come in as a Padawan or whatever you want to call it, um, you know, you get assigned, you get a teacher and the teacher teaches you and he's your your sensei for the, your entire career. As a, And so you're kind of following their style, right? Right. And there might be a, another master who has a different style right. and different followers or Padawans uh, and your your styles will remain distinct. Is that yeah, correct? that's how you get those different styles. You're like, oh, this is Tiger Crane style. Like mm-hmm. that, that, oh, there's a lot of that. Um, but, but one thing with Taijin is that he's growing up and he doesn't want to go into town because regular people don't like him. They think he's 
he's weird or he's a demon or he's an animal or whatever other things, whatever problems they might have with a guy that is covered completely head to toe in fur. Uh, and um, so he doesn't want to go into town and do anything. He doesn't want to get a job. He doesn't want to be a fisherman. He doesn't want to go down to the market or anything. So he stays at the temple for his whole life. And he just trains oh, wow. with these guys and all of the different masters, like, you know, these 10 masters, they have their Padawans, but he's kind of all their kid. Right. So as he's being as he's growing up, they're all kind of part of his childhood. So they all and, you know, and he's always kind of hanging around and, oh, hey, yeah. can you show me this? Hey, uh, can you show me this 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 trick here? And so it's his, uh, his, his adoptive parents. Yeah. It's like instead of what is it, instead of three men and a baby, it's like. 10 Kung Fu masters and a werewolf. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. So he basically gets uh, all of the skills. Yeah. Essentially. Private tutoring from mm -hmm. 10 masters all day long, every day wow. for his entire life. And he becomes yeah. the master of everything. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. The big screen. I want to be remembered for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Again, like we're going off of very difficult to track sources here, but the idea is that he kind of becomes the Wikipedia of Chinese martial arts. He can do oh, cool. okay. 200 open hand systems, 140 weapon systems, uh, which I didn't even know there was such thing as 240 weapons. But Can he do the five point palm exploding <sighs> heart technique? Yes, he literally can. It's called Dibmach. Yes. It's called the death touch. I called, the, mm -hmm. I called it the werewolf death touch in my Badass of the Week article, but, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's not actually called that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know what? Uh, yeah, I I learned this from your work, Ben. I learned that there was a real death touch, and then um, I also I remember, and this is a while back when I was reading this. I remember thinking something along the lines of what you just said. I was like a hundred and fifty, a hundred forty different weapon systems. I was like, they can't all be amazing. You know what I mean? <laughs> there there have to be like a couple of also rans, you know, like... That poor gladiator with the trident and the net, and you're like, you poor bastard, I won't give me a sword God. and shield any day. <laughs> it's funny you're talking about that because, you know, as a fellow Dungeons & Dragons fan, you'll appreciate <laughs> this. Uh, went on a deep dive trying to learn whether tridents had ever actually been used as a, a normalized weapon of war. 
because the gladiators were so big on um, just novelty and spectacle and impractical stuff, right? Yeah. Everybody, bare chest, except for my left shoulder, that's where the armor goes. Yeah, it's okay. cool looking. Look at it shine. It's nice. <laughs> well, the trident and net guy was a, a warrior of Poseidon. So right, in the right. cuz they're all doing the gladiator stuff for show so they're all representing gods in different parts of the world and things so he's a warrior of Poseidon so the net and the trident are ocean things he super got super off. inconvenient great for like going fishing you know not or, or super for, great for defending yourself against a lion or for you know? costume parties right great for dragon con yes great for dragon but it con. goes to what you were saying earlier too because you were like you were talking about you know not having access to the good weapons right the peasantry of 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 fujin province didn't have access to the good swords and the good the good weapons and things so you know in in japan it was illegal to have a sword in china you could but it was expensive it was prohibitively expensive mm-hmm. and to have right. a weapon like that. We don't that. think about that. And yeah. so... Because um, now we think of the, the countries that don't allow guns as like everyone's got knives and that's right. the best they can do. Yeah. Right. There was some... There was not, a time like, where swords knife. was technology. Yeah. And the swords were technology. The height of it, the best ones, the sharpest steel mm-hmm. that would hold that edge. That was a big deal. Yeah, yeah. You got to have something that can smelt that. You got to have some way of forging that. You got to have a guy that knows how to do that, right? Uh, and your mm-hmm. blacksmith in town is making nails and horseshoes, right? He's not making chainmail armor and so yeah so i mean it's a lot of staff uh mm-hmm. spear um that kind of stuff but in an in open hand fighting like you said because it's not like you don't need a sword you need a sword at this time period more than you need arguably more than you need weapons today because there yeah. are like literally bandits and and literal wolves and wild animals there's bears that like oh, and yeah. there's pirates <laughs> there's all kinds of crazy stuff that will like you know you are not immune in this time period in this part of the world from like bandits showing up and setting your village on fire, right? <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so now this kid is becoming, we're we're in that um, action montage that super happens. Super training in, montage, in, yeah. Burr, burr, yeah, the, <laughs> yeah, toward the end of the first act, beginning of second act in our story. And now we see him, you know, now we see him doing like Mantis style, switching to some tiger crane, somebody throws something behind his back and he catches it without turning Absolutely. around. Right. And then flash to he's he is a he's no longer a wolf boy, he's a wolf man. And he is given serious responsibility because of the fact that he has mastered all of these techniques and is essentially like the best one. Oh, you oh know? the line the montage stops with someone saying there's no more we can teach him. That's right. That's <laughs> right. It cuts to him, and then the fan blows the fur like dramatically in <laughs> yeah, front of like yes. a vista. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what happens then? I mean, he's he's at home in this monastery. Is that like when do the big bads come in that threaten their way of life? And then he has to step up and like you know lead uh, lead the way, save the day. So there's a couple of really good stories, and you know the existence of this man is probable. These okay. stories are almost certainly a little bit more legendary than than <laughs> okay. than what we've already gotten into, right? Like 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 I said, there is a photo. I've seen two photos that are purported to be of this guy. He's not wearing a Shaolin costume or anything in them. He's wearing like a suit. Uh, but and, you know, it's it's searchable. You can look up Taijin and see a photo of this person. And we're pretty. Sh- I'm pretty sure he existed for real. These stories are kind of when you're getting into, and like, I don't know how this hasn't been a like Wu-Tang Clan movie, but it should be, you know? (laughs) Right, yeah. 
I think we're kind of freestyling the script for it right now. So let's do it. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We got the montage. Guys, we nailed that montage. That was solid. Yeah. <laughs> I think Rizzo would approve. Mm-hmm. Maybe he'll do the mm-hmm. soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Okay. So there's a couple stories about this guy. He becomes the first grand master of this temple, um, and which okay. might be the Southern Shaolin Temple. Like I said, I don't know about that, but mm-hmm. um, but he becomes the grand master, the first one, because these ten masters have all combined their knowledge into this one super super guy. Okay, so this is this is where some of the really kind of out there stories come from, but I, oh, I will yeah. uh, uh, I will tell them because they're cool. One of the stories that kind of illustrates how good Taijin became at fighting and understanding the world around him is that he was entering a class and there were uh, 12 different um, monks there that were going to have this class with him. And he entered the classroom and then he pulls out a knife and he throws it up into the ceiling and some (laughs) assassin like falls out of the rafters. And he's like, Ah. he's like, I heard 13 breaths when I entered the room and uh-huh. I knew there must have been someone else here. <laughs> so. Which is also, what what a tough first day of class. <laughs> like, he just punked the hell out of all 12 of those folks. <laughs> you know, how long were they in that room, right? Wait, wait, but these, were, these, were, these weren't like, this wasn't a test. These were actual ninja assassins. It was an to- actual assassin. In the story as told, it's an actual assassin. I like to think that he planted that guy there to intimidate his class for day one of being like, you know, like a guy's an actor, I, I, you know. So he got, he got a plant and he just conveniently didn't tell him, hey, I'm going to kill you at the end. <laughs> Oh, that guy probably was fine. He probably paid him a hundred bucks. Oh, okay. oh God. Yeah, I don't think it's he actually a, killed the guy. A, <laughs> the flesh I think the whole yeah. thing was a fail. <laughs> was an act. No. Okay, um, but that that's a crazy impressive. That's yeah. like uh that's like did it happen level impressive. Yeah, almost certainly not. Almost certainly this didn't all happen. Right. But that's the story. Right. That's a story associated yeah. with him. And like I said, we're gonna get into I'm gonna get into a couple more of these. One of these stories says that he he would um when he had run out of like viable sparring partners in the temple, he would go into the wilderness and like fight wild animals like wolves and bears and wrestle cool, them to kind wow. of train himself. And and he'd like you know punch trees to f- tighten up his knuckles and <laughs> you know, all of this kind of stuff that you read about. With that's these. all in the montage, right? Yeah, yeah. all that's going <laughs> in. That's wrestling a bear. Countdown. Yes. <laughs> Have you seen that movie RRR? It's like a oh, it's big so Indian uh, kind of giant action set piece film. I've heard great. Oscar for, for best song. It's fabulous, but there is a character who the first montage you see is him literally swinging through the jungle and like fighting tigers and bears for sport, kind of, you know? And it makes me think of the stuff you're describing here. It is an excellent film. Highly recommend it. Also, uh, entirely mythology. Yeah, this is the Jet Li movie, like, but one mm-hmm. of the ones that he makes in Hong Kong for Chinese audiences. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> there we go. And while and, and check that stuff out while you're waiting for uh, Ridiculous History Studios to come out with uh, the Taijin story, which I see as the first of a, like a cinematic universe. Yeah, right. It's the Kung Fu Werewolf franchise. There it is. Mm-hmm. There right. It yeah. Is. And then you get, you get like the Space Traveler one and then you combine them in the third movie <laughs> for that's when, that's when we all go, we were all astronauts. We're, we're going to make it tasteful, okay? We're going to back. Yes. It's going to be. It's going to make sense that he goes to space. It's all going to make gonna sense in the it. plot. We're going to earn it. We're not just going <laughs> to chuck him into space no. just because. No, we're going to. It's going to be a cliffhanger on the previous thing, and there's villains, space ninjas coming. Yeah, and he's it's like, I must go. We know the guy who did the catering on the Leprechaun franchise, so this is like high art. Oh is yeah, what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, shooting for anyway. But but how did? Okay, so Taijin, this is just 
for a lot of these characters, uh, these semi-apocryphal characters in the historical record, they often have one big story. You know what I mean? And this guy has several. Uh, It doesn't stop with this... Frankly, I don't, I don't want to overuse the term, but it doesn't stop with this badass killing of an assassin on the ceiling. Right. Uh, so the one of the big stories involving him is that this coastal village of people that was near his temple was coming under attack from uh, pirates. So they're, they're, there's a word for these people. They're called tohu. It's a type of, um, the, you know, the Chinese use it to refer to Japanese pirates that are kind of raiding ah. the coastline. And okay. um, we don't know for sure if they're Japanese or whatever. Whatever they just kind of called anybody who was who was not Chinese who was raiding the coastline Toho, and um, but we do know that like across the way in across the Strait of Taiwan, Japan is moving into Taiwan. Uh, Okinawa is near-ish to the area, so it wouldn't be that weird for there to be Japanese pirate raids along the coast here. And if not, it could just be bandits or just regular old Chinese pirates. But this is a thing that happened in coastal villages in the uh, late 19th century. Um, and one of the stories says that Taijin and some led led his monks uh, into combat against Japanese pirates who had kind of stopped to plunder the the village. Um, they went on to the, onto the high seas. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know if he. I don't know if he fought them on the coast or if he got onto their boats. Uh, I love uh, the okay. idea of thinking that he got onto their boats and was fighting yeah, their yeah, own yeah, boats. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. That's just amazing to me, right? Defending defending piece, the village you know? that didn't want him. Nobody would adopt him, and and he still now defends he's the village. Well, again, he, he's he's bounding from boat to boat, right. taking people out as he goes. I he's mean, inexplicably you know. now. Uh, 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 in deep, deep uh, relationships with sharks. You can speak mm-hmm. to them. That's another power that yeah, reveals yeah. itself he's in the third like act. Aquaman, yeah. yeah. He's ripping yeah. planks off the boats and they're sinking, you know, punching yeah. holes in the hulls. <laughs> Bullet time shots of him. Uh-huh. It's like splintering wood. You know, sorry, we got to think about this cinematically. Yeah, so we do actually have stories of Shaolin monks doing this kind of thing. So uh, while we don't know for sure if this story is true, there's like the only places this is mentioned is in very unreliable with very unreliable narrators. But there is a very real confirmed story of Shaolin monks fighting these coastal raiders. Um, It's a little bit up north and it's a couple hundred. It's a couple of hundred years before this. But there was a story, a a stories where um, the the monks would come to the aid of uh, villages that were in trouble. And in one particular of these stories, it was in 1550-something, uh, the 100 pirates had come ashore to plunder this town. And the monks showed up, and there were about 100 monks that showed up, and they fought these guys, and they beat down the pirates. And the pirates are running for it, and the Shaolin monks chase them for 10 days across 20 miles of swampland before, and, and and they don't stop until they've killed every pirate that was involved in the raid. They lose four monks in the battle. That's what, that's what uh, people don't think of when they think of Buddhism. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, true. <laughs> Uh, so wait, there were only four monks. Only well, there were a hundred monks. Only four monks die, but a hundred only Japanese four monks pirates took die. The loss. Yeah, but yeah. Wow. Like uh, warrior monks are crazy. Uh, you know, Japan has a huge culture of like warrior monks who resisted the 
the emperor of, you know, just fighting mm-hmm. with Naginatas and stuff like that. And I mean, just really tough guys. And they lived up in these mountains so you couldn't get up to them. And there was a temple of, of, um, of Buddhist monks uh, in Japan that they were able to resist Nobunaga for like 30 days or something. He couldn't take their, couldn't take their fort. Wow. <laughs> it's really cool stuff. This is making me think that it's quite possible the individual Taijin may have become sort of a an historical repository for these true stories about many different people. It seems that way. That's how I feel about it. And that's kind of why I don't have too much of a problem talking about them. Because I I, like you said, I like to back up the the stories and and review the sources Mm -hmm. and all of that. And something like this is kind of it's such a cool story, but it's so like it's kind of so out there and it's so hard to verify any of this stuff. I like it as an opportunity to talk about the history of werewolves and the history of of our our friend Petrus and and of this this skin condition and the and of Shaolin monks in general warrior monk culture like it's cool stuff kung fu like everything well on our other podcast that Ben and I do with our buddy Matt called stuff they don't want you to know it's a critical thinking conspiracy podcast a lot of times conspiracies and conspiracy theories are a way in to talk about a larger question you know whether it be existential or historical or like what's at play here why do people think this you know and we're not here to tell you yes this conspiracy is true yes we're debunking this or whatever but it's just always a fun way in so even if we take it with a grain of salt and are very transparent parent about that. It is a fun thought experiment and conversation. Um, and, and speaking of that with Tai Jin, what's all this about him burning down a temple? Yes. Like, that doesn't sound like good guy behavior. No. Yeah. That's, our, that's our third act twist, I think. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender-inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit-tested for all-day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. So this is the third act twist. Yeah, exactly. He's fighting off monks. And I do like this story of like, you know, the, the hundred monks running. And I'm picturing them with bow staffs, right? Because they probably didn't yeah, have to really run it down. Crouching just tiger style. Yeah, just, yeah. just clubbing Why food? Just flying through yes, the air. Exactly. And you know what? Forget the historical accuracy. They are doing parkour. Okay. It's, they're yeah, very I mean, visibly absolutely. 
do it like Shaolin Spider-Man is what I want us to tell the cinematographer. <laughs> with Absolutely. The bow, with the bow staff. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, so it's kind of what I was saying with those, uh, the Japanese monks who resisted Nobunaga. One mm-hmm. problem with Buddhist monks in the eyes of the emperor is that the emperor of China and Japan and any other place, the shogun, the warlords, they don't want you to be paying attention to some worshiping some other god. The emperor is all that you need, right? Like oh, yeah. these guys have their own code. They have their own ideas. They think about this. They, they're not in the system, right? And so in a lot of can, a lot of ways, they're, they're trouble. Uh, mm-hmm. And so they, they can cause problems. Sometimes the emperors use them. There was a battle in like 600 uh, when the Tang dynasty was being formed and he recruited Shaolin monks to like, have battles in the mountains against the, his enemies. But in, and he was like, oh, well, I'll give you like, you know, I'll give you some concessions. You guys can kind of be autonomous and do your own thing, but you have to help me win, win the empire. And they did. And they go into battle and they beat up all of these, these bad guys and, or bad guys, but they beat up all of their, the enemies of the future Tang emperor. It reminds me a little bit in some ways of the relationship that the Templar knights had with uh, the ruling powers of their day, right? Where they would be, they were useful as special forces, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then if they became ideologically problematic, there wasn't really anything to stop the ruler from saying, these folks are verboten. You exactly. are out. It's exactly right? that. Do not pass go. Okay. Yeah, so they, they're useful, because, and you can predict what they're going to do, because they have a code of conduct that they don't want to shake, so it's it's predictable oh, that's to, right. to know what they're yeah. going to do. So, yeah, they're very good. Like, Shaolin monks uh, have been used in battle by emperors or wannabe emperors. Uh, you know, they're not going to, you don't want to put them in front of a cavalry charge, but if you've got to, like, fight some guys on some tough terrain in the mountains, or, um, you know, you want to ambush some people who aren't really ready for it, or have them hold a pass, like, they, they're they're very effective at what they do, which is fight hand-to-hand. Um, we need monks. Yeah. Absolutely. We need, like, a crew of Shaolin monks. Yeah. Just, like, on retainer? Yes. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah I need one we, to go whatever. around the grocery store with me and kind of make sure the aisles are clear. <laughs> <laughs> I, I Okay, points to Ben for the specificity on that one. I don't know what happened to you in aisle nine, man, but it, it really left a mark. They're just yeah. always yeah. stocking the, the thing that I need, or it's, <laughs> it's always some oh. slow person with a double cart trying to... <laughs> and, if they're stalking, you have to do the thing with the forced conversation where you're like, oh, hey, I'm sorry. I'm I just need to stand doing? here a second and look at this display because I don't actually know what I want yet. So I'm just going to ah. stand over you for a minute. You know, see, wouldn't like it be craft better singles to too. Let me get in there? Yeah. All right. Mm. I don't know if I need the extra all extra pimento for the olives or what. Do I need black or I think, green? I don't know. Wouldn't it be easier I to just see. get Taijin to Roundhouse, kick that dude in the head, and then you have plenty of time to stand there and make your decision? Wow. The, 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 the story's true villain has revealed itself. <laughs> I would argue. Uh, Solution oriented, though, I like it it's because true. it feels like it's it feels like something that's happened to a lot of us has nothing to do with Taijin. But, you know, you've been in this situation where you're thinking, I don't really want a bunch of extra conversations. So while this really slow person is apparently having an existential crisis about this tomato sauce. I'm going to stand next to him and look like I'm interested in something. I know I'm not going to buy. I just don't (laughs) think this would meet the code of the 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 Shaolin Shaolin. monks. I just don't think this would fit the bill for them. They would probably have to to be a pass for them. They might, might, you know what, they might have follow-up questions. They might say like, well, 
which grocery store is it? Because we respect the code of Trader Joe's. Yeah, exactly. But Publix is <laughs> but uh, Publix is, fair game. Yeah. <laughs> See, in that in that instance, I have to do I have to become the emperor of China here because the emperor at this point he's the we're in the Qin Dynasty, which is run by a group of people called the Manchus, who are up north. They're not um, ethnic Han Chinese, and so okay. the ethnic Han Chinese don't like them as much, and um, they're kind of cracking down a little bit on some of the Buddhism stuff and the monks don't like it and the monks speak out against the Qin dynasty. And Ooh. if you are the emperor of the Qin dynasty, you got to get rid of these guys, right? They're a problem. You're, you're useful until you're not useful to me and now you're a problem. So the Qin dynasty sends troops to burn this monastery to the ground. And so Taijin is not the problem here. There's there's two guys that kind of run this monastery as as with them, assuming it was run the same way as the 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 regular Shaolin monastery up north, which is you have like a spiritual leader who kind of runs the whole show, and then Taijin is the is the combat instructor. He's the main fighting guy, uh, but he's not the spiritual head of the of the thing. And so, for whatever reason, politics get involved, and the temple has a problem with the emperor, and the emperor decides that these guys got to go, and he sends an army. And there's a there's a battle. The um the monks try to fight these guys off, but it, it's hard, right? I mean, they've got armor and mm -hmm. swords and horses and all of these things. And so what ends up happening is the the monastery um kind of partly under Taijin's uh, uh, direction. They clear all their stuff out. They clear their people out. Um, a group of monks stays to try to buy them time, some kind of a, like a little last stand. Various sources argue on this. Like some say they, st they stood and fought and only a handful survived, 13, sometimes say five, some say 13. A small group of monks survived this battle. Others say that, um, that everybody just left before the emperor got there and... In whatever happens in this battle, Taijin survives and the temple is burned to the ground. And we don't know. We've never found it. We don't really know where it is. Um, I love the idea of the preemptive torching. I think that's a, yeah. that's very, very clever. Yeah. You know, does it exactly make sense? They could have just taken their stuff and, and, and you know, hit the road. But it's a nice flourish when, like, you know, get these soldiers just ready to burn something to the ground. And they get their, wait, at what? It's already burning. Oh, you can't fire me. I quit. To do. Yeah. Okay, I guess we'll go back home. I mean, um, that's pretty, that's pretty metal. It's very honestly. badass. Yeah. Very badass. So let's recap. Uh, infant born super hairy. Uh, they think it's a demon. They leave him in the forest. He's rescued by Shaolin monks. He learns from all of the great masters of this monastery, becomes the first true grand master, defends the village, uh, does some fights of bear. And then at the end, yeah. he's the only grand master that this temple will ever have because he burns the whole place to the ground on his way wow. out the door. <laughs> Right. Epic, epic. <laughs> That's our log line. And this is, okay, so, and again, the late 1800s. Right. By this like point, there's a right? photograph of this guy. <laughs> yeah. <Like this. laughs> That's how recent he is. And so. It's wild. So, um, I, I remember that there is a bit of a denouement, as, <laughs> as we would say here. Uh, he does survive all these trials and tribulations, according to... According to the story, uh, he lives well into old age. Isn't that correct? Yeah. The story goes that he dies in 1928 at the age of 79. The monks kind of disperse and like continue their teachings, but not in, in like an organized fashion again. 
Um, and so that's the story. Like I said, the sources on here are very unreliable and very bad. Um, and a lot of it is, you know, has to be taken with a ton of salt. Um, sure. One of the things that I I like to joke about is that they're um, the 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 one of the horde priest trainers in World of Warcraft is named Tai Jin, and uh, she has a much <laughs> longer uh, WOWpedia entry than <laughs> Tai Jin has Wikipedia entry. <laughs> so speaking of here, here are other things that happened right around this time, the time of this guy's death, just to give us the historical context. Totally. Which, Noel, I know you and I are both endlessly fascinated with. 1928, uh, when when he passes away at the age of 79, here are some things that are believed to be invented that year. The recliner, like the lazy oh. boy, ice cube trays, wow. bubble gum, clip-on ties, and the electric razor. I mean, hell, my dad was born only 10 years later than this. Wow. You know, I mean, he was pretty old, but uh, that's wild. And and again, the, the details of the story, because of its isolation, really does read like an epic, you know, um, kind of fantasy uh, kung fu Crouching film. tiger. Yes, it really type. is, because and, it's all feels separate from history in its own way. It's like in its own little bubble. Yeah, yeah and it's what yeah. you said about feeling ancient, right? Because when you picture Shaolin kung fu monk fighting pirates, you're not picturing... So like 18, you know, let's say he was in his 30s when this happened. And I do think okay. that there is a lot of what I what we were talking about before of like ascribing things that everything that every badass monk did to this guy, because like is now this. Guy. Yeah, it's yeah. like if, if he's in his 30s. Right. So let's say let's say we're looking at like 1880 uh, when okay. those pirates show up and he has to like defend yeah. the coastline against the pirates. The Japanese had bolt action rifles in 1880, you know, like, yeah. like we're not talking swords, you know, so like, I don't know. I think it makes it harder to, to buy that this happened the way that it was written. But, you know, but the Arasaka rifle was like introduced around that time period. Right? And we can't, you know, it's so tempting to compare apples and oranges. Like, I, like I, I'm, I, I will be honest with you guys. I never thought about it, but I find myself looking down on the inventor of the clip-on tie a little bit because you lived in the same world as this guy. And what your contribution is that I can't talk, man. No, you, you can't. Know, I mean, one the, time the, I the, fell the, asleep the, trying to put on a pair of pants. Dude, people are out here changing the, the world. The clip-on tie is important to certain people. You know, I, I have to look up a YouTube video every time I tie a tie. So, yeah. uh, but I would never be caught dead in a clip-on. I will look up that YouTube video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'll i tell you, though, uh, I I feel like I, I may be unfairly denigrating this well-meaning inventor who is just trying to save time. For children. Let's just think of it as for children. Okay, okay? you're right. You're right. I, I'm being really rough no, on this No, it's the thing one. that uh, comes up for me a lot is that, like, you know, so I do Badass of the Week. I got the podcast. I got the website. Yeah, I wrote yeah, all these yeah, books yeah, about yeah. Badass. And so people come to people will sometimes get kind of their backup and be like what do you what's so badass about you i'm like dude oh, nothing really? nothing man like i can talk to you about it yeah let you let james caesar go have his conquest yeah, yeah you go yeah. have your conquest yeah. i'll be i'll be suetonius i'll write the story when you get back but like there please don't hit me right <laughs> like, it's, it's a little it's a little easier for us because people ask us what's so they don't have to ask us what's so ridiculous about us because it's clear yeah you know we walk into mm. a room uh it like, is oh, yeah, messed yeah. up that we can vote 
Yeah, it's true. Uh, so the, uh, <laughs> this is the uh, so this is where I think we we begin to wrap the story a little bit, Ben, because people are going to have to learn more by going to the podcast Badass of the Week, which exists uh, wherever you get your fine podcast material. Um, really quickly, though, I wanted to point something out that you did mention in the article on the website that this condition, this uh, uh, hypertrichosis—that's the one—is typically life threatening. Oh, that's yeah. right. Right? And yeah. like this this guy lived to the ripe old age of roughly 79, you know, based on what we know. Um, and it's rare in the first place. So how much even more rare must it be to have the version of it that you can basically live? To? And, and, and even those days, that was a that was a long life. And he's fighting pirates and bears too, right? Like that's, that's not great yeah. for your, and he's an enemy of the emperor. That's not great for longevity. But yeah, <laughs> like we've got maybe 50 people, I think over the course of like, you know, because this is a thing that is documented pretty well because they'll be like, oh, dude, this guy had all, you know, and you can run into mm -hmm. some really bad stuff with this. I think, uh, you know, they, like a lot of like sideshow kind of stuff from the 80s, 1880s, totally. you know, yeah, like the, the Jojo, the dog-faced boy. And you're like, oh, mm -hmm. God, right. I don't even want to say that out loud. But it's worth mentioning in context with hypertrichosis because that's how these people were viewed by, by the societies. And at the time, right? Like, and so it's... He's playing life on hard mode. Right. And it's cool that he was able to have so, so much success with it, which, you know, it's inspiring, right? And and couldn't be, uh, couldn't be happier to have you join us this week on, on our little show, man. I, again, as we said off air, big, big fans. Uh, and thank you so much, Ben. Where can people learn more, not just about the podcast, which, as we said, is available everywhere. You find your favorite shows. But where can uh, where can our fellow ridiculous historians learn more about your work, learn more about your books, and and so on? Okay, so the website is badassoftheweek.com. It's all one word, and uh, it should should pop up. <laughs> and then all the books are on Amazon or whatever else. And, and there you go, easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, thanks again for hanging with us, man. And um, look forward to hopefully having you back again, or maybe we can, uh, I don't know, continue this uh, this ridiculous history love fest uh, in the future. Yeah, thank you guys so much. I'm a, I'm a fan of your guys as well. I'm a I'm a longtime subscriber. So uh, oh, shucks. Really it was really a good opportunity for me to be on here. So I'm very happy about it. You, did you hear that? No, we're coming up in the world. Hey, <laughs> maybe it's time to buy some clip-on ties. No. Never. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. We'll see you next time, folks. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender-inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit-tested for all-day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratacoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. 
tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 